and welcome to the first episode of the CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast. Um, my name is Sarah, and I am the Assistant Director of Communication and Studio Wesley um, for CCW at the moment. And I am joined by the Reverend Haley Eccles, our Associate Director. Um, Hi, friends. I'm Haley, and I am, uh, like Sarah said, I'm the associate director at Campus City Wesley and uh, pastor in residence. And um, I'm really excited about this podcast because I think at least of the two of us, I'm the newest to the CCW community, but have heard about it uh, for longer and really excited about kind of diving into the story and kind of going back and hearing more about how CCW got started. You came in just right as like associate director and like pastor in residence, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And like you said, prior to that, you knew about CCW. How did you know about CCW prior to that? When I was in seminary uh, and I would be driving back and forth uh, to see my family in Jacksonville, um, I would listen to podcasts sometimes. And in one of them, which one of my my campus minister created a podcast about um, preaching and Derek was a guest on it and it was first podcast interview that I distinctly remember uh, made me cry um, as Derek talked about kind of ministering to students. And he talked about this verse in, I think it's second Timothy um, one where uh, Paul is telling Timothy to fan the flame um, uh, that the spirit already put within him and kind of nurturing his call. And Derek was talking about nurturing the call of the next generation. And it just, it was very meaningful to me. Um, and so getting to know Derek and, and work with him, uh, since that podcast, um, he is, he is exactly who he was in that podcast. Very passionate, um, a lot of vision, heart, and care. And so it's really great to get to work with him and be a part of this ministry. That's such a, like a fun, like full circle moment. Like, and that's also so funny. Cause then you came in like knowing who Derek was. Whereas like the first time I saw Derek, I thought he was a student. Cause he rolled in like 10 minutes late with a backpack. Cause <laughs> I didn't know Derek prior to being involved in CCW. I knew a couple people who had been involved in CCW, but the person who invited me, um, his name is Mike Yarrick, um, who actually I think we're going to talk to at some point during these episodes. Um, but yeah, he invited me to CCW because I knew him from doing community theater back in like the count. We grew up in counties like near each other. And because they were really rural, there was like a couple big community theaters and we both did theater. And so we met that way. And he's actually the person who told me about UNF and then told me about CCW kind of changed my life a little bit. If you guys haven't figured out the fact that I like wound up at a college UNF because I knew this guy who told me about it. And then I wound up in CCW and I work for them. Um, but yeah, I didn't know who Derek was. Um, cause he just rolled in and then he got up and spoke and I was like, Oh wow, this guy's like actually like really incredible. Um, which we've, you know, I think if you've been involved in CCW in any capacity, like, you know, um, Derek and how wonderful he is and how he's been, you know, leading, 
this ministry for 10 years now. Um, and I think whenever we were talking about how to celebrate, um, Haley, you had the idea for this podcast, if I remember correctly. Um, and maybe, I think it was just because I've been really enjoying other <laughs> nostalgic podcasts that go through stories of things I love. Um, and so I thought this would be a really fun project for us to do together. Plus any time I get to spend with you, Sarah is always time well spent. Oh, same, same time with you, not time with me. <laughs> Sorry, Either way. Um, but yeah. And so I think we, we wound up wanting to like dive into this story of the 10 years of CCW from a lot of people's perspectives. Cause when we first told Derek about this, he was like, it's not just my story. Right. Cause like Derek is quintessential to the story of CCW, but there are so many other stories at play here. And so many other people who worked to make CCW what it is and names you and I have heard talked about um, people we've never met. Like we interviewed um, Christina Gonzalez just before this, um, who is someone I've heard about for years, but I've never actually spoken to. Um, And so it was just really interesting to hear about actually her time in CCW from her perspective and see how that time is still informing like now this, this string of connectedness through the last 10 years. Um, yeah, even your example of how um, Derek arrived at a gathering and is not the kind of person to like come into the room and be like, hey, everybody, I'm here. This is like my show to run, um, but really wants to equip other people to spring up. I think that's what makes, is going to make this podcast very rich because every story is not going to be a story about like, oh, Derek did this, but more a larger story about leadership and um, about lots of different people. So I'm really excited. Yeah, because we're, yeah, we've got several or six episodes to this podcast and we're talking about, values and connection and discipleship and community and leadership and worship. I think those are all six of our like main elements. It's just, it's so interesting. I just talk to all these different people about their journey in CCW. Cause you're right. Derek is not like the major player on this. He's uplifted all of these people and like created leadership opportunities and discipleship opportunities and like let other people lead the way in community foraging and like all of these things. Um, it's just, it's so cool to just, yeah, see how this is all going to come together. And I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Um, a little bit about, I guess, how the structure of the podcasts will generally flow just so, you know, give our little outline. Um, we'll have these little intros with Haley and I, and we'll have a community question, which we're going to ask in a minute and we'll kind of tease what's happening. Um, in the main interview of that podcast and then we'll go and there will be like um, kind of like a flashback moment and we're going to have some micro interviews in the main interview and we'll have some like future focused conversation about where we're going and yeah there'll be some other fun things here and there but that's kind of generally we're trying to you know past present and future kind of in this podcast in this moment um Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add, Haley, before we get to our community question? Uh, Just that the interviews are going to be really good. We have um, tried to get a lot of players uh, in the CCW story at lots of different levels. And I'm really excited about that. 
I hope as people listen to the community questions um, that they help spark your own conversation, your own community and your space. Yes, absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, community questions are something that um, we oftentimes have at gatherings. And we actually, whenever we had to switch to virtual gatherings for COVID, eventually started putting a community question on one of the opening slides for people to answer in the comments. So they're actually very um, essential to like the way we open and begin a lot of CCW moments. So it makes sense to do them for the podcast too. Um, but today's question, which is actually uh, very applicable to a podcast, um, <laughs> is are you a talker or a listener? I'll say my only um, hesitation with this podcast is I am not like a, I'm not a host personality. Um, That's a little bit intimidating. And I would love to say I'm a good listener, but I really do think that I'm a talker. Um, It's something I'm really working on to be able to listen to listen and not listen to respond with or connect with. But one of the things that I um, am working on in myself is sometimes I just, I see the way I'll turn the conversation back to my own thing. And I always appreciate people who are great active listeners and who pull the conversation out of someone. So I don't know, I want to be a listener, but I think I'm a talker. Mm. Yeah. I, I really struggle with this question, honestly, because part of me like spent a long time thinking I was a listener just because I tend to be quiet in like social spaces for the most part and just sort of absorb what everyone else is saying and think about it. But also I'm not sure how much I'm actively listening and how much I'm just like being introverted, if that makes sense. And then like, I will talk eventually like, and in different spaces I'll talk more. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's a hard question because I spent a long time thinking, yeah, I'm definitely a listener. And the more I've thought about it, the less I'm like, I might listen, but I'm not sure I'm a listener. I mean, it definitely is something where maybe, maybe the question is, or maybe the question you're debating is whether you're a listener versus whether you're like a good or great listener. Um, but I would also say that, uh, having, having you as my podcast host and hearing the ways that you can adapt and listen for the next question. Um, there are some great listening skills in there. So, I mean, I can't say whether you're a listener or a a talker. And when we are together, I feel like it's a good back and forth, but, um, I see those skills. I just would like to credit my sociology degree with for that. I'm not sure that's an eight. I think that's called. I I got a degree and had to learn how to interview people so I could get data. (laughs) But thank you. It's yeah. I always enjoy our dynamic and hopefully people can enjoy our dynamic throughout this podcast. Hopefully it's not just amusing to us because otherwise this might be a really boring uh, time. we, We have to curate our friendship for likes and five-star reviews on our podcast oh yes we're really good friends such good friends besties for the resties y'all besties for the resties (laughs) (laughs) we're being silly but it is true (laughs) i do consider sarah one of my best friends and all the time 
you think we should like market ourselves as goals? Like, should we start a friendship <laughs> Instagram account? Like forget CCW social media. Let's run our social media. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yo, we could do this all day, but I do think there is a, a bigger interview y'all want to get to um, with David Sandlin actually is our first interview for this values episode, right? Like, yes. Yeah, David is our first interview and um, not a podcast novice either. Um, so I think that he, uh, one, knows how to interview and be interviewed um, and brings just a wealth of information about the the early, early beginnings. So for you guys who are listening for a good throwback um, to kind of the, the early stages of CCW, it's all there. This was such a good moment. And now I think it's time to move on to the next good moment. Um, so without further ado, the first episode of the CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast, Values. CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sarah. And we're celebrating 10 years of asking questions, exploring faith, and loving one another in CCW. Join us as we recap the last 10 years and hope for the future with individuals who have shaped and continue to shape CCW. We'll share stories, laughs, dreams, and insights as we unpack the last decade of living the 614 life. We're so grateful to be able to come together to celebrate the continuation of this ministry where college-age young adults become leaders and laborers who will rebuild, renew, and restore their families, communities, and the world. Thanks for listening. My name is Rebecca Epler, and when I was a part of CCW, I was part of the operations teams for JU, UNF, and occasionally Flagler, but I, I attended UNF, so I just decided to be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also was a part of the original Evolve team, so trying to set up what that would look and feel like and how to pull people together. So now um, I just started two new jobs um, after a very, very rough COVID year. <laughs> I am now a program assistant at USAID, U.S. Agency for International Development. And I'm also a bouncer at a gay bar. <laughs> but my favorite part about the job is that I, I honestly feel like I just am hosting a bunch of people because I get, I'm the first face they see when they walk in. So I try to make it, you know, as much of a welcoming environment as I can. And, um, you know, one that's inclusive and that's, I think an, an, a value that's been ingrained with me since <laughs> CCW. I, I sometimes hate to admit it, but, uh, it, that point got driven in real hard. <laughs> I, I mean, I really appreciated, um, like I was working through my queerness and queer, um, <laughs> while I was in, uh, in campus ministry and I appreciated the space and inclusivity from Derek and friends and 
just leadership in general to um, be able to be myself. Um, I mean, this doesn't just uh, this isn't just for queer people with CCW. I mean, it, it, that was one of my favorite parts of um, like the old school community nights on Wednesday nights at UNF or JU or wherever. It was just anyone could come, anyone could get food. There were no stipulations. It was just you know, hang out, make friends, and, you know, feel welcome. All right, friends. Well, our main interview today is going to be David Sandlin with David Sandlin. So for some of y'all who are listening who are alumni, y'all are probably like, Oh, David, I wonder how he's doing. I haven't talked to him forever. And then others of you might not realize like how much of an impact David had in the start of CCW. Um, But one of the first full-time staff people and yeah, David, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on your podcast. And uh, I know we're I think this is part of the series that's leading up to your the CCW 10 year anniversary. Is that what is that what this is all about? So that that's a pretty exciting thing to uh, celebrate. Uh, and for me, um, CCW started right around the time that I got married. So um, that goes hand in hand. Kim and I's 10 year anniversary is coming up in August as well. Um, these days, I am uh, working as a teacher at uh, Jacksonville Country Day School here on the South Side. I teach fifth and sixth graders uh, reading, and so that has been something that has been um, really a, a great journey for me. And along the way, I'm also um, kind of found my passion when it comes to uh, technology and education. So I'm currently uh, pursuing a uh, master's in um, educational uh, technology training and development at UNF. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about Aww. me and what's going on these days. Well, personally, I feel like I would love to interview you on both of those things another time. I feel sure. like that sounds so interesting. Um, but yeah, this is actually our first episode kind of talking about the the foundation of CCW, uh, which often started with a question and we want to start all of our interviews with the question, how's Mm. your soul? How's your soul, David? Uh, Yeah. Well, thanks for asking me that question. And uh, I will start by saying that uh, for me, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but uh, anytime that Derek would ask me that question, um, whenever we would meet, starting really my freshman year of college, I'd meet up with Derek and he would ask me that question, how was your soul? My initial reaction and my consistent reaction to that question was, uh, like I, I almost have an existential crisis just think, <laughs> thinking about that question because like, um, my, what, what, I have to think about first what a soul is and what, what does that mean to be connected to my soul? Do I separate my soul from who I am? What's the difference between asking someone, how are you and how's your soul? So I, I have to think about um, all of those uh, things when I'm considering my, my response to uh, how is your soul? And um, 
I, I mean, I guess my honest response right now would be uh, that my soul is, uh, I, I, I trust in, um, I, I trust in God to take care of me and to be uh, somebody that is, uh, to, to be um, my, my foundation for um, where I'm headed. Um, but my soul is certainly in a complicated place coming out of uh, a year of uncertainty and a year of uh, not really knowing what to expect. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel that honesty. I just, I wonder if we have like what our, what, what our soul is. And then like our pandemic soul, it's like an extra weight on everything. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that. I'm like now like trying to like think about what my pandemic soul is like, like, and I'm like, I can't do that right now. I have to like focus on this. Um, but I think, I mean, this question and the way you like think about it so intentionally actually really embodies a lot of what I think CCW has been like for a lot of people, right? This, this question that, you know, then leads to all these other questions. And then we're, we're very questioning people. And then we're also a very like honest and authentic group of people. And none of those are actually like values that we've clearly stated, but I do think they are characteristics of our community um, that have stayed constant. It seems like from the beginning, when you showed up, David, just based on the way you approached all of that Mm -hmm. to even now is like Haley and I are experiencing like being on staff in year 10. Um, I mean, I think, uh, probably just being a part of a more progressive, um, campus ministry and being in a place where you're working with, um, college students and, um, in college, that's where oftentimes your professors are challenging you to think about different things that you have uh, not thought of in the world prior. Like for me, freshman year of college, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm taking a class called Contemporary Ethical Issues. And this professor is like offering completely sound arguments on both sides of these different different ethical dilemmas. And I'm like, where do I place myself in this? How do I make out what's, how I feel about this when both sides sound so, uh, so compelling, so true? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that a lot of people in college, th- th- there are a lot of questions that are being asked for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm kind of curious, like, cause you know this about college students and like, I'm sure, you know, lots of other things about college students having been one and then worked with one. But when y'all were coming up with like the direction CCW was going to go in, be it the name, the values, our guiding scripture, were those factors y'all considered? And like, how did you land on what you did? So I think there, there are multiple factors certainly that were involved there. Um, we definitely were considering the fact that we would be working with college students. Um, And with that, um, I think we wanted to um, choose a name that was going to be uh, representative of uh, what we were hoping um, 
what we were hoping college students would ultimately um, be uh, making the leap from, right? Uh, that, that this is just a natural progression of life when you're a college student is that you do go from the campus to the city, uh, unless you're going into the uh, sub suburban areas, right? But for, for the for the most part, people that are attending college, we're, we're we're going from the campus to the city, and so that this is the natural progression of a college student, uh, and we want to help them along that path. So that that's one uh, thing that we're considering. But we're also considering that uh, when when we're thinking about the the foundation for um, CCW. Uh, what are we ultimately trying to achieve? And we want students to be able to see themselves as like, like see themselves in the world um, bigger than just where they are right now. And so that's part of this, uh, the, the name for the ministry as well, um, is that um, we're, we're moving from just thinking about our small part of the world and looking to the bigger pieces of the world as followers of Christ. So um, those were a couple of factors that were uh, certainly uh, involved along the way when we were uh, considering the, the name specifically. And the, within, inherently within the, the name, I think there's this, this action that's involved, this movement, right? Campus to city and moving uh, students um, from where they are to where they're going. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting to look back at a name or initial vision after 10 years and you see it and the way it's been kind of lived out. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about CCW is I feel like um, I have been in places where we have a list of values or we have a guiding scripture and it's really nice and it's on the wall, um, but it's not necessarily felt in the day-to-day -day, like functioning of the organization or of um, that ministry. Um, and it's something I've, I feel in CCW. I wonder if there are um, moments or, or ways that you you saw that embodied and, and was it more work for it to be a part of the culture or did knowing about it or, you know, building off of that, did that help it kind of seep into the fibers of what Campus to City Wesley was going to be? Yeah. So since I knew we we're going to be talking about values, uh, so I went back and I don't know, uh, I don't know what the values like the values that we had written back in the day or what we currently have like posted on a website somewhere. But I went back in my inbox archive and I looked up what, what we had back in the day. And so the values listed were good personal, like holding these in tension, right? We have personal holiness and social holiness. And that, is that still one of the, the values of CCW? Just to make sure. Um, I do think things have kind of gone through a few iterations and okay. names, but I'm interested. I want to hear what you have listed. Yeah. And then we can share what they currently are. Sure. So we have personal holiness and social holiness, holding those two things in tension, right? We're thinking about those things. Uh, and then we have a, a diverse community and intentional discipleship. Again, these are two, uh, these are ideas that kind of are held in tension when we're thinking about 
um, these values. And then we have an individual calling and the collective calling of the church. Again, held in tension. And then finally, local ministry and global ministry. What are we, what are we looking at these days? What do we what do we have currently? You know, I I feel a lot of Derek's influence in having values that have tension built right into them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we've kind of uh, currently kind of, uh, I don't want to say boiled them down, but definitely have held the tension in just one phrase. Sure. So uh, personal growth is our top priority. So I hear that kind of personal holiness yeah. uh, in there. Radical inclusivity um, is uh, our second value. Generous yeah. orthodoxy, which I think is about that open table um, theology we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, organized by friendship would be interesting to see ha- what iterations went through to get to that one. I can see a, a thread. And then our last one um, has actually recently uh, made a slight name change, but practical restoration. It used to be... Um, focusing on reconstruction, but at a time in the lives of students when uh, faith tends to go through deconstruction, how do we focus on the um, restoration? Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, as far as like the way that I saw these values uh, that we had, like some of the things that we were uh, thinking about Certainly with the first one's personal holiness and social holiness, uh, those two being held in tension. How are you? I guess I I think we we, we wanted to make sure that we were uh, a place where we were. CCW was an organization, a community that was um, helping students to uh, challenge uh, themselves with both how they were interacting with their beliefs as far as Christianity goes, both on the personal holiness and uh, socially. So we, some of the things that we did to help guide them, I guess, would be having, you know, those coffee times that I'm sure still exists within the community. We had uh, gatherings that uh, allowed us to um, connect with students as well. So that, that, that would be for personal holiness and social holiness, kind of a place where I, we would see those values um, play out, I guess. Diverse community and intentional discipleship. That's an interesting one, right? Um, and for, for me, like this is the one that I, I, I kind of feel like this value is something that uh, is really defining of um, campus ministry and um, what we're what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, I think for having uh, back in the day, we had a community night gathering that was kind of centered around this idea of um, bringing in people from all sorts of different faith backgrounds. And that's really where the diverse uh, community uh, comes in, right? We, we weren't, uh, we weren't trying to be a campus ministry that was for the Christians of the campus. We were trying to be a campus ministry that was for all students on campus that was reaching out um, into all um, all 
the edges around the campus. And so um, if, if we're just uh, a campus ministry for just Christians, I mean, that, that would be something that uh, I think would prevent us from having the uh, greatest impact um, as far as uh, kind of our, our whole mission. Um, and so, uh, and it, but at the same time, uh, we do want to be intentional in the way that we're um, leading our students toward Jesus in whatever way that looks like, right? Whether that's asking someone how their soul is or whether that's just, uh, I don't know, hanging out with them. Whatever that looks like uh, for each individual student's journey, um, as far as what discipleship looks like, um, I think um, that, 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 that was something that we were, were certainly still considering when it comes to the values. But yeah, that, that would be one as far as like, if, if I held one value highest, the diverse community and intentional discipleship, but that would be probably the one that I, uh, but I mean, not, not, not to diminish any of the other values, right? No, but I, I think, uh, first of all, I, I hope people are, are able to understand the tension that is happening in those values that become so core to who CCW is. Because um, what I hear is this openness and welcome in spaces that people usually preconceive of, I don't know if I am able to make entrance into this place. Let me tell you what I believe or what I'm skeptical about to see if I'm welcome. And I I feel like this happens with college students all the time. If they're like, uh, at going tabling and there's, they're going to different tables of ministries and being like, uh, let me ask you questions to see if I'm going to fit in here. And CCW was this place or the, the, um, origins of it to say, we want to be intentionally diverse. That's wow. That perspective, we need you here. Um, and I think that's so important while also holding intention, uh, what we would call now personal growth of being able to intentionally find out, well, um, what are your goals? What, where, um, could God be growing you? Even if that person isn't saying that, you know, it's God, I mean, we're not pushing that language if it's not, um, mm-hmm. you know, true. Um, so much more for us to talk about in these values. We're going to take a quick break and, uh, come back with a little bit more from David. Um, welcome to another one of our micro interview segments. Actually, say another, this might be the first micro interview segment because it's in the first episode. Um, so this is the part of the podcast where we do a really kind of quick interview with someone who was important to CCW, um, about a specific thing that we're talking about in this episode, we're talking about values. And so we're talking with Sydney Buchanan, who at one point, she's done a lot of things, but was our assistant director of worship and culture. 
um, and values definitely inform culture. So it just seems so appropriate to talk to her. And she's such a lovely human. Why wouldn't we talk to her? So Sydney, uh, one, how are you? But also like, tell us about you and actually your CCW story. Cause I really abbreviated it there. Oh, yes. Hi. Um, I'm just so happy to be here. I just love y'all. Um, Yes. So I am Sydney Buchanan. As Sarah said, I am a senior at UNF studying sociology, fixing to graduate December. Um, I started my time in CCW literally as a senior in high school. I entered as an intern literally the semester I graduated high school. I started interning with CCW. A few years later, I got brought on as a, a ministry assistant, ministry assistant. All I know is I was assisting Troy in worship. I can't remember what my title was at the time. Associate ministry associate, I think. Um, and then I got promoted to be a director. I did that for a year. And then um, I had to step down at the end of last year because I'm trying to finish up school. I'm trying to think about grad school. And so it was just that time. And it was such a hard decision to make because I love my family. Uh, with CCW. And so, um, yeah, so I, I led worship culture. I did the band. I, um, did some awesome interviews with community conversations that I got to lead that, uh, were really life-changing for me and that I enjoyed. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good abbreviation of everything I did, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Well, I think, you are one of the people who came to mind really quickly for me when talking about values, because um, one of the things I've constantly been impressed by, I might've even said this in a previous interview that, um, that CCW not, doesn't just have pretty values on the wall. I feel like we really embody them. And I think of you when I think of that, um, I feel like there's a lot of times where you would kind of recall them. And so I wonder if you could share a little bit about like how those the values have impacted you to be kind of that embodying type person? Oh, yes. I, thank you, first of all. That's so sweet. Um, I think that, well, first, I love that you use the word embody because as we know, that's something that's really important to me into like my own personal faith and um, I guess life philosophy is embodiment. Um, and I, I think CCW's values helped me, um, really find my own way in philosophy as an adult. Um, I mean, I think that entering CCW, I was young, I was leaving a very different church context. I was a very different person and having CCW's values to both allow me the freedom to um, explore who I am, um, the space to, to know that CCW is a inclusive space that would allow me to show up however I was showing up that day um, and knowing that there was generous orthodoxy that I could explore my beliefs, knowing that at the end of the day, these were my friends and that, that everyone was investing in my growth. Like all of these things were my anchor into my adulthood. And these were the things that helped me um, find my own values. And so CCW's values have not only carried into my own personal life, into my, my future and, and what I want to do 
later in life, it's also just helped me find my own way. I love the way you put all of that. That's so beautiful. You you have such a way with words. I just, ugh, I love you. Um, <laughs> but you were talking about, you were naming some of the values um, and talking about, you know, ways they make space for you to explore things and like to consider different things. And I'm curious of the values we have, is there one that like you really appreciate more than the others or one that challenges you more than the others? I know those are different things, but either or, and. Well, I think it's so funny that, yeah, you paired that together because I think both. Yes. I think, and I've been asked this question before and this answer has changed. Um, I think while I was on staff with CCW, I would say organized by friendship was one of the harder ones because um, there are just not a lot of models for what it looks like to be in a workspace and to be trying hold, and to hold it all together with friendship. So that used to be my answer, but I would say now my probably favorite value, I think the value that I probably carry with me the most now and that has been the most challenging for me would be generous orthodoxy because I feel that the more I mature um, and grow in my own faith, obviously the more convicted I become about things that are important to me. And also the more I feel like I have a deeper understanding of why people believe differently than me. And it's a weird thing that happens all at once where I'm, I'm sure about the things that are important to me, but at the same time, I know that different people's lives have led them to need and believe and see the world differently than me. And that holding space for that is vital. And so I would say generous orthodoxy is so, and which is funny because I, I would probably describe myself as falling out of the orthodoxy altogether now in my faith. Um, I don't know if I would describe myself as an orthodox person, but I love the idea that it, it's generous, it's giving, it, and then there's room for, um, for all of it. And that's hard to do. It is hard to hold space for everything at once, for everyone's experiences at once, especially when they're pushing up against each other. So I think that's something that I'm carrying with me constantly. Thanks, Sydney. And yeah, I think uh, I appreciate how you talk about kind of the journey through values and um, things that we appreciate in one moment will be the the things that challenge us in another. And um, and I like that they can be accessible to all of our students at different parts of the journey. Um, and because we try to meet college age young adults where they are, why do you think the values are really uh, relevant? How do they resonate? <sighs> yeah, I mean, college is, like I said, with my own experience, a time of a lot of change. And while I think it is so important to allow yourself to change and grow and explore new things and be in new spaces. I also think that it is so important to be able to articulate what's important to you and articulate the things that are going to anchor you. Um, and so, yeah, I think that in college specifically, the idea of having values of having things that you're like, you know what? I have a big decision to make about my major, about 
a career about this relationship? What are my values? Like, what are the things that need to be anchoring me in this decision? What are the things I need to keep coming back to and reflecting on? Um, I think is just so important. I really love that. And yeah, I just really appreciate your perspective. I'm so glad we got to talk to you and thanks so much for being with us and for sharing um, your uh, immaculate opinions. Thank you for having me. I love you both so much. (laughs) We are so grateful to our students, partners, and alumni without whom the last 10 years would not have been possible. As your Northeast Florida campus ministry, we rely on your support to connect with college-aged young adults. Because of your donations, we are able to reach 18 to 24-year-olds at UNF, Flagler, JU, and DWU, as well as those who are on other campuses in Northeast Florida or not attending college. We are also able to connect with students both in and out of Northeast Florida on our digital campus, Studio Wesley. Here, we are able to meet students where they are, online, and provide them with a space to ask questions and grow their faith. To celebrate 10 years of CCW, we've set a goal of raising $10,000. That's $1,000 for every year CCW has been your campus ministry. You can celebrate a decade of CCW by visiting campustocity.org slash 10 to give your one-time anniversary gift or commit to supporting CCW with a monthly gift. Again, that address is campustocity.org slash T-E-N. Thanks for being part of the celebration. Hello, everyone. Um, Welcome to one of our first micro interviews of the CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast. Today, Haley and I are joined by Sarah Hartley, who is someone who is an alumni and has been on staff and was on our board and has just done a variety of things. Um, But I will let her tell you more about the role she's held and herself and what she's up to these days. Um, So Sarah, please tell us all the things about your CCW journey. Hi. Well, uh, so I started with CCW when I, uh, right out of college, it's actually the very first year of CCW, and I started out as part-time, and I was trying to think back to all the different things I did, and it was uh, it was kind of jumbled in my head because there was just, it was so new, and we were trying to figure out, but I think the main thing that I spent my time doing, especially that first year, um, we had a worship gathering that was for all campuses, and we did it every single week. Um, so that was for, well, at the time it was only UNF and, um, JU and then maybe some FSCJ students. Um, so that's what I was in charge of every week. I, if I remember correctly, it was on a Thursday night. And, um, so I was in charge of, we used a church actually off of Kernan Boulevard. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, but we met at this church, so we had to, you know, set up everything and break everything down and we had dinner and, um, all of those kinds of things. So I was really mostly in charge of the logistics for uh, making that night work and then also for all the volunteers on that night. So that was one of the biggest things that I that I had to do every week um, was make sure that that functioned. Um, I also helped out a lot with the band, um, just with uh, getting equipment there and making sure that you know, there were people, uh, someone else did the organizing as to who was playing that night, but kind of organized any kind of trips that they had and stuff. 
Um, the band equipment, because we were low on storage in the beginning, the band equipment lived in my apartment, uh, I think for a good uh, nine, ten-ish months before we got some more space. Um, so I had it sitting over. Thankfully, my roommate was kind enough. We had it sitting over in a little sunroom, um, and it lived there for quite a long time. Um, and then I spent a lot of time on UNS campus as well um, when I first started out um, doing discipleship stuff there and different, you know, some small groups and stuff as well. So those are kind of the main things I did when I started out and stuff. But I really feel like that first, and I'm sure there's some level to this still, you know, there's a lot that's fluid and, you know, little things here and there that have to get done and picked up. And, you know, I think we were um, pretty able to kind of pick up, you know, and do whatever we need to to get stuff done. And, you know, we were still really figuring out roles during that time, too, because it was new and weren't exactly sure what, you know, what was going to work best. And it was a new time. And so, yeah, there was a lot of lot of trial and error and discovery and figuring things out. It sounds exciting. And then I think the reality of it is that it was probably exciting and frustrating and confusing (laughs) and just kind of all the emotions at once kind of navigating it. Um, one of the, the focuses of this episode is on values, because I think that at least in the kind of chaos of, you know, who does what, or how do we start a campus ministry on this new campus and things like that, um, having that foundation of where you're all going, of why you're kind of going there together can be helpful. Um, what do you think? How do you think the values were at play in some of that navigating new ministry? Yeah, I think that's what held it all together um, at the end of the day, despite maybe how chaotic it was or just because it was new. You know, we might have had some frustrating moments at the end of the day. I think everyone knew why we were doing what we were doing and what the purpose was um, and that, you know, we all really wanted to be able to to connect with college-age students and um, not just connect with them, but really be a space for college-age students that um, would, was truly welcoming and that really, truly wanted, wanted everyone and really wanted to get to know everyone. Um, and I think that was the main thing that kind of held that all together is it's, that's, that's what we were all working towards and, you know, it takes a little bit to figure out, but that's, I think that's why we're all able to kind of keep, keep our heads about us is because we were all working towards the same thing. You're also one of our like CCWNs who's just kind of like you've always been and will always be connected to the ministry and have stayed connected in roles through working with the board as well. Um, So I'm curious how the values might have been at play in, you know, the fact that you would stay connected versus um, it just being like that was fun and moving on. I think for me, one one of the reasons to, you know, to to want to continue to stay connected is, you know, actually I didn't start, you know, um, so before CCW with, with Access 218, the um, 
Uh, it was at a crossroad before CCW started. It's not the first campus ministry that I actually started going to when I started college. Um, I was actually attending a different one. And then some friends who lived in the dorm with me were going. And so they invited me. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, so by, it wasn't really till my sophomore year that I really start to get involved. And I think what I saw over time in my own experience and then also looking back and then now that I, you know, I've been working at UNF for a long time as well and did a master's degree there, I've, I've never seen a campus ministry do what CCW does. And what I, one of the values that I've always appreciated, it's never been about how many people can we get in a room? You know, it's never, it's, but it's, it's been more of, how can we actually invest in these people and really get to know them and come alongside them and what they're doing and, you know, really just really, truly, um, truly super intentional and not, not even just intentional, but the, the, just the real genuineness of really everyone could be there. Everyone was welcome. There was always the space. It's like, it didn't, didn't matter where you were with any of it. We wanted you to be there. And then there was no agenda saying, you know, it's sometimes there's always like this little caveat of like, oh, you're welcome. But our whole point is to like change your mind. Right. And it's like it's it's always they're always trying to there's there's always some little thing and or something that becomes, well, we'll welcome you up until this certain point. And then if you don't after this certain point, you know, they're, they're, it gets a little you know, rocky sometimes, but that's something that I've noticed with CCW over the, over the, you know, all these years and stuff is it continues to really, really actually welcome everyone. Um, you know, college age, especially starting college, it's the first time you kind of get to walk out and form your own identity in many ways, spiritual identity, just general, because this is a lot of, you know, kind of a first step into adulthood, adulthood for a lot of people. So there is a lot of questions and there. There is a lot of wondering about different things and CCW values the questions and the wondering and doesn't try to put an answer to all of it. And it really allows the space to explore all those different kinds of things. And so I think that's why I've stayed connected with it um, and wanting to support it because I feel like that's an essential space that's needed for college students. And there's just not, there's not a lot of spiritual places that allow for that kind of uh, deep questioning and, 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 um, just a welcoming space for students. Thank you so much for talking with us, with sharing some of your experiences. Such a great conversation. Thanks. We want to take a moment to thank Crossroad and Springland United Methodist Churches in Jacksonville and Christchurch United Methodist in Neptune Beach. CCW can trace our beginnings to the investment and support of these congregations into our ministry. As we were launching a new Wesley Foundation and developing our values, the pastors, leaders, and members of these congregations made it possible for us to dream of what ministry to college-aged young adults should look like in Northeast Florida. We are grateful for these partnering churches who have helped make Campus of City Wesley Foundation possible. All right, everyone, we are back for the second half of our conversation with David Sandlin on values. Um, 
And before the break, David was, you know, diving into some of the OG CCW values. And we were sort of talking about how those have, you know, changed over time and what our current values are. But um, David, one thing you were talking about was kind of like what your your favorite value was of the mm. original values. Um, yeah. And I believe you had said it was the diverse community intentional discipleship kind of tension that y'all were holding. And I'm just curious, since it is your favorite, how that value has impacted your life today and like the way you've led post CCW. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, as far as being somebody that is uh, inclusive of others, um, a way that I guess considering that as a value for the ministry and a value for myself personally, um, one thing that I always try to do is um, kind of just understand where people are coming from. And so um, as a teacher, that certainly looks like um, giving students the benefit of the doubt when um, I'm not really understanding their actions, why they're going uh, in a counterintuitive way from which I would expect them to go and uh, being patient with them and um, asking questions to kind of get an understanding of them as, as a teacher. And then um, as an, uh, in, in my day-to-day -day life, uh, uh, shortly after CCW, I started a podcast where uh, I was um, talking with uh, people from a lot of different backgrounds. And one of my um, podcast uh, series was all about... Uh, talking to people from a variety of different faith backgrounds. And um, as far as building a diverse community, I think understanding where people are coming from and asking questions about their journeys, that's uh, something that um, I think is really significant. I wanna uh, peel back the curtain for a microsecond to say that uh, before we actually started recording this podcast, um, David actually helped to kind of fill us in on the story of CCW to help us kind of organize and plan. It included sending us some really great emails from like when CCW was first starting, which in sent us down this whole rabbit trail of like, what could have been? There were other names, there were other scriptures, there were other things. Um, and I was just wondering, uh, you know, how, what that experience was like to just be building a campus ministry from scratch and have these different directions. Yeah, well, um, so we, we kind of started planning it in the spring, uh, like the, the spring of 2011, we started planning, hey, uh, this is something that we, th we think is going to happen, right? The conference is giving us funding to launch a Northeast Florida campus ministry. And, uh, and we knew, we knew that it was going to have a connection with, uh, the United Methodist church. And so as a result of that, we started a, a typical United Methodist church campus ministry, uh, is named after John Wesley, Wesley foundations. They're all over the state. I think maybe there's more of a variety of names nowadays. They're not just called the Wesley foundation. Some of them have their own spins to them, similar to campus to city. Uh, I think the UF Wesley's called Gator Wesley, but, uh, we were just kind of, uh, back in the day, uh, 
we're brainstorming. We're thinking about, hey, what what is this? Uh, what's what's going to represent us best here? And so, um, yeah, there were several, uh, lots of email chains, and I'd say like several sessions in which we were sitting down and we were contemplating. We we're throwing a bunch of names against the wall and trying to see which one uh, stuck. Um, I think one of the ones that I remember uh, was. Uh, Northeast Wesley, that was one of the ones. But I, I think I, I we we sent that I sent that email to you guys. I haven't looked at it. In a, in a yes, I actually just pulled now. it up. Um, so um, there was Oxano Wesley. Oh, so a fun story on that one. So that was uh, that was completely one hundred percent Derek, right? He Derek has this infatuation with the Greek words. I'm um, sure uh, Oxano probably something to do with. I'm thinking sound, but let's look it up real quick. Oxano, to cause, to grow. Okay, so that kind of fits in with certainly um, some of the characteristics of what we're thinking about when it comes to um, campus ministry. But anyway, Derek loves Greek words, and so Derek was like, this is it, guys. I've got it. We're going to call ourselves Ox. Ox Wesley. Yes, that's on here. <laughs> uh, and uh, nobody really liked it. We all thought it was like way too out there. So nobody's going to know what we're talking about. It's not defining at all as far as the name goes. So uh, that one got buried very quickly. But then uh, at some point uh, in the early going, Derek liked the name so much that there was this secret leaders gathering that was called Oxana. I think that lasted for about two months and then that was gone. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then y'all speaking of things Derek liked and kept bringing up, one of these is Wesley union, which for the record, y'all said sounded like a labor union. People would just call it Wesley and was not very catchy. He pitched that name again when it came time to name studio Wesley, it almost got picked. Wow. And then now, the Studio Wesley podcast is, in fact, called Wesley Union. Well, I guess it goes, just goes to show if uh, you hold on to something long enough, something like a name, eventually something will be named that. I mean, if it hadn't been the, the podcast, maybe he would have named his next dog uh, <laughs> Wesley Union. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that in five years, all of our learning communities are going to be Oxano communities. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, yeah, I, I could see it. But yeah, I, I will say this, like Derek, while the name Oxano is, a, 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 for, from my perspective and from everyone's perspective back then, not a great name. You got to give it to Derek. He is very creative. He's got a lot of ideas that he brings. So um, don't want to just throw out criticism without giving, giving him his due on that. He's a very creative human being. He is. He's extremely innovative and creative. And I think that had to have been interesting at the start whenever he really did just have a blank canvas that he was like inviting y'all to come paint on with him. Yeah. Um, and for me, like... I think I was also, I'm also a pretty creative person. So that was something that was certainly appealing for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a nice variety of people that were a part of it. So we all brought different uh, strengths to the table there at the beginning. Is 
there a time when you like really think that creativity was highlighted in CCW? Like, cause I know creativity isn't one of our values, but it is definitely core to like CCW's continued evolution is this innovation and creation. Yeah. So like, is there a time you think of specifically that you're like, Oh wow, that was. Yeah. I'll say, uh, when we were rolling out uh, these Evolve gatherings back in the day. Pause. Evolve is Campus City Wesley's monthly worship gathering where all of our campuses come together to dive into a spiritual discipline. Here, we recognize that spiritual growth is not linear and is often slow, but is work that matters. Unpause. Part of um, the creative aspect that was uh, central to that was uh, we started a group of leadership at that point that we called the Cultivators. And they were in charge of um, kind of thinking through some themes that would come out of the Evolve gatherings and what would be some different ways in which um, students that would attend those gatherings would uh, engage kind of different from a traditional worship gathering. And so um, certainly that, that, that would be one aspect where I, w I saw creativity come out. And we also, I mean, we had uh, people that were like uh, in charge of like kind of decorating and everything. That was like a way to engage creatively. And then um, obviously through like uh, graphic design and everything, that was another way students uh, can engage creatively as well. It is so interesting how we, we do tend to have a lot of, you're right, very creative people in CCW, people who sing and play music and dance and are in graphic design or some other artistry. You know, we have people who do pottery and ceramics, but also we have students who are getting degrees in engineering and mathematics and, you know, these other like, and they're equally as creative. Like one person who comes to mind is like uh, Peter Patachi, um, who, you know, was like, such a math dude. I don't know if you met Peter. Um, I, I have met Peter. Yes. Yes. But he knows all these really interesting, um, I don't want to call them math tricks, but I don't know what they're called exactly where it's like, you know, if you do a bunch of circles and you fill them in and it create, it creates these kind of artwork pieces, but there's actually a mathematical principle that makes it possible okay. and things like that. And it's just, it's interesting to think about how creativity has played out differently in our entire community, but how it is such a like defining factor. We're kind of, I think, coming to the end of our time here, but we have a few rapid fire questions we like to ask everyone um, at the end of these interviews. Yes, pew, 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 correct. Y'all can't see the video, but finger guns. <laughs> um, so the first question, remember these are rapid fire, so just like go for it. Okay. Um, what is one thing you can't leave your house without? Oh, wow. Uh, my cell phone. I have to have my cell phone when I leave my house. All right. All right. Haley, you want to take us to question two? Yeah. So this one might, might require a tad bit more thought, but would love to know what comes to the top of your head is, what does CCW mean to you? Hmm. Um, I, for me, uh, CCW uh, means community. It means uh, people that care about you. And it means um, having a place to grow spiritually. Those are some things that I think about when I think about CCW. Mm. Those are good. And last question. 
If you could say one thing to today's young adult college student population, what would you say to them? Hmm. Wow. That, that, that's a rapid fire question, Sarah. You're killing me. One thing? Uh, one thing. <laughs> if I could say one thing to today's, today's college student or today's CCW college student? Today's college student Co- broadly. The, gen- the general college student. Um, I would say that they are in an era that uh, they're going to be um, they're going to be changing the way that a lot of what our a lot of the way that our world functions uh, coming out of college, uh, and so I would uh, I would just say to them to uh, embrace newness, embrace uh, opportunities that are in front of them, and. Uh, to not be afraid to fail. Those would be some things that I would want to say to uh, college students that are uh, in school right now. Well, thanks, David. We're uh, glad that you and the other people who helped start the organization weren't afraid to fail and try some new things and be creative. And this has been just a really lovely uh, interview and time together. So thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, Haley and Sarah. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing your uh, series. And uh, I certainly celebrate the 10-year CCW anniversary as well. as we continue our conversation about values, specifically like looking out to the future, we are going to talk to one of our CCWs who I think embraces the values just fully and beautifully. And that is uh, Renard Spence, who is one of our fellows. So how are you doing, Renard? I'm doing great. I'm sitting in a parking lot um, at my job. <laughs> talking to two wonderful people so I can't complain <laughs> you're wonderful too Renard as Haley said we are talking about values specifically with like a future focus and I guess um as kind of an initial like thought I'm curious what you think um is important about CCW's values and why those values matter I would say for me, the values matter to me because it allows people who try to fit into this compacted space um, in terms of like what society wants and what people expect for them and what others expect for them. And it allows them to be who they want to be in spite of um, in terms of what um, what they've grown up, what they grew up with. and things of that nature. It allows them, it allows them to explore themselves um, comfortably um, in a way that best fits for them. And that could be, it's different from me than it's probably different from other people in our community and those of us who are listening and just wanting to know more about us. So. I love how you're always um, thinking about how to get as many people into the space as possible. Um, It's just one of the ways that I love how you embrace those values. 
I'm curious, I guess on a, a broader like CCW organizational level, you've been in leadership for over a year at this point, probably like more like two. Um, probably, probably two or two and a half. <laughs> something like that. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> um, 2020 made my sense of time all wonky in terms of like how long people have been around. Um, what is curious? 20, yeah, what even? <laughs> I'm curious how you've seen CCW's values play a role in the way CCW like thinks about programming. So like gatherings and community events and then like developing um, leadership opportunities, how you've seen those values impact those things. I would say um, in terms of like the 2020, um, in terms of like, you know, with this pandemic and COVID, we, at least what I've experienced and seen and see if we had to, we had to adjust to um, um, online stuff um, pretty frequently, if not probably, um, and I would probably, at least I've been around probably more online stuff now than I've seen since I've been in CCW. And um, that's, and um, that's probably led to, um, for me, more um, more opportunities to um, do um, Bible studies or small groups, or and just get to meet um, get to meet people and just um, learn more about them and um, get to know get to know them. I really appreciate that. Um, so thank you for joining us today, Renard. Really appreciate it. Always always good to see your face, hear your voice. And everyone listening, um, thank you for joining us uh, for this segment um, and stay tuned for some more stuff. (laughs) All right, Sarah, we did it. We're at the end of our first episode of the season 10th anniversary (laughs) podcast. Hooray, we did it. Oh my gosh, this feels... (laughs) I was going to say, it's felt so long. I imagine it hasn't really felt that long if you've just been listening, but we've been recording pieces for this episode for like a month. So it does feel like the episode was like a very long thing, but it was so much fun like to hear from everybody, like hear from David and Rebecca and Sarah and Sydney and Renard. Um, just, oh, such a gift, honestly, all of them. I know. I also want to make sure that we thank uh, David because he did so much work even ahead of our recording to help us um, find the perfect people to talk about values and just so many other aspects of those early days of CCW that um, neither of us were a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was also really cool to hear from Sarah Hartley and Rebecca Epler about those things because, again, both of them were people who came prior to us. And so they had a lot of information that we didn't have. And it was really cool to hear about CCW then from them too. And of course, we just love Sydney and Renard. Always good to talk to them and get their perspectives. So thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, I'm really excited about our next episode. Uh, We get to talk to Bishop Ken Carter about CCW's beginnings and just all things that are related to our Methodist connection and those roots. Definitely. That's a good one. Um, I can't wait for everyone to hear it. And... Uh, it's just going to be so good. I feel like, I feel like it just, it's a really good mix of like the history of CCW and where we're going um, in regards to our Methodist connection. I just really looking forward to people hearing that episode. All right, friends. Um, well, thank you 
for listening to this episode and please tune in for the next one uh it will be in the same place as this one i'm sure (laughs) bye friends bye Thank you for listening to today's episode of the CCW 10th Anniversary Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We would like to extend a special thanks to all of today's guests, everyone we consulted with to create this podcast, and our podcast engineer, Troy Aragon Buchanan. The ministry of CCW is not possible without the support of students, partners, alumni, churches, and the work of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. To help this work continue, please visit campustocity.org slash 10, that's campustocity.org slash T-E-N, and give towards our $10,000 goal to be a part of the story of the next 10 years. I'm Sarah Taylor. And I'm Haley Eccles. And thank you for celebrating 10 years of CCW with us.